Welcome everybody to the Crosspoint Sermon Podcast. It may look funny to the world that you are living a life of surrender while the world is chasing after the things of this world. But here, God has called you today. He is saying to you today, don't look like the rest of the world. Stop trying to look like the rest of the world. Stop putting so much value into all the things that so easily trip us up and ensnare us into sin. But instead, live a life of surrender saying, not my will, God, but your will. In today's sermon podcast, Pastor Daniel Karat, our youth pastor at Crosspoint Church, brings us the word of God and we dive in with him to the final R of our purpose and that is to release how is it that you go about your daily life allowing God to release something within you that becomes a light to somebody else in your life and so Pastor Daniel challenges us to ponder those questions and really become a church that doesn't stay inward focused but focuses outward and is released into the world to make a kingdom difference amen we're in our sermon series called the call of the church it is the mission of jesus it is our mission as followers of jesus and what we are called to do who we are called to be and i have the privilege of being able to wrap up the series with the final part of it which is release release what is our mission statement here at Crosspoint? It's the four R's. Say it with me. It is reach, rescue, restore, and release. That was in one voice. Y'all are awesome. Hey, give yourself a round of applause. That was good. So, <laughs> that was like unanimous. Like we know it. Pastor, they, they learn. We're good. Good to go. So who's ready for today? Who's ready for today? Amen. I am too. I just want to say uh, this week I've suffered from the flu I got it Monday, uh, my son had it Sunday, and we both suffered this week together. And uh, anybody else who's just been suffering from sickness this week, we just wanna, let's just speak healing over the house, amen? Amen, we, Lord, we just thank you for your healing which is found in your blood, found in the blood of Jesus. Lord, it is by your stripes we are healed. So today, God, we, we receive that. We just welcome the atonement price of the blood of the lamb, which purchased not only our salvation, but our healing. So God, I thank you that you have healed me, my son. You're healing those in this house today. And we pray for healing for anyone else who is not here today, who might be watching online, who's suffering from any sickness, any cancer. God, we rebuke it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I didn't know uh, if I'd have the energy. Uh, In fact, first service, uh, I drank a full energy drink, and I was like, I'm just still on like one heart. I need 10 hearts, and it didn't replenish. But God spoke to me in first service during worship when we we're singing Do It Again, and God just reminded me he is faithful. In our weakness, he is strong. Amen? And he will do it again. He is faithful. And I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what hardship it is that you're facing, but I do know that our God is faithful. I do know that our God will see you through it. Whenever you bow, whenever you surrender and you say, God, not my will, but your will be done, he will see you through it. Do you believe that? Do you know that to be true in your life? Come on, if anyone can testify of his goodness, give the Lord a shout of praise right now. Come on, he is faithful, he is good, and he... 
never fails us. Amen? Amen. Well, Luke 4, 18 through 19 is where we get our mission statement as a church. And this is our verse as a church. And this is really the, the mission statement of Jesus. He opens the scroll of Isaiah when he walks into the synagogue and he begins to read from Isaiah. And it says here in Luke where it's accounted where Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's reading Isaiah's words. And this was prophecy about him. So here he is fulfilling the prophecy He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Amen. You have been reached, you've been rescued, you've been restored. And come on, can we hear from Pastor Tim and and the message last week on restoration? And now God wants to release you into your calling. What does it mean to be released? What does it mean to be released? Let's pray. Lord, I just ask that you would reveal that to us. Teach us and equip us for our releasing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Short prayers are good prayers too. Sometimes that's all you can get out. Like the little lady pulled out from Brookshire's and she's on a different pace than the rest of Tyler traffic and she's just easing in and it's going. You're like, Lord Jesus, help me. And you barely miss her, you know? And like somebody else is in the left lane, you're in the right lane. Like you just kind of all share two lanes, become three lanes for a second. You know what I'm saying? And you're in the middle. Sometimes that's all you can say is just a quick prayer, you know? Um, And they're good, they're good. Speaking of a quick prayer, uh, pray for the Dallas Cowboys, somebody. I don't think we're praying enough for them, y'all. I think we get on them a lot and we talk a lot of hate on the Cowboys. We don't pray enough for them. Dak Prescott needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I love Dak Prescott. I do. We're going to get a Super Bowl win. He's he's starting to get old now, but... That wild card loss, I don't know, man. Choked again. We're not going to talk about the Cowboys. Me and my son both love the Cowboys. He's wearing his C.D. Lamb jersey today. Yes, big Cowboy fan. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're not going to talk about the Cowboys. Um, We do have a Super Bowl party for the youth group, by the way. Just want to plug that real quick. I guess we're going to go for the Chiefs because, I don't know. Chiefs fan right there, come on. so I just want to plug that real quick for, in, for youth, okay? We got our youth Super Bowl party next week. Invite your friends. Okay, it's going to be a good time. Uh, awesome. Now are you all ready for the word? Here we go. All right. You are a new creation, right? You have been restored. You have been redeemed. You've been made new, purchased by the blood of Jesus, washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Like new shoes, just beautiful, pristine, and like, So here's what I want to say. Don't go muddying up your new shoes. He purchased you with the highest price. So don't go muddying up what the Lord has blessed you with and what the Lord has done in your life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We should all know this one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You know, I remember when I was, um, speaking of muddy shoes, I remember when I was 13, 
I got brand new shoes, some vans for Christmas. Some skateboarding was super popular. And I got some brand new shoes for Christmas and they were suede too, real nice. And then my mom signed me up to go and help our men's ministry go build a fence in January. And I was like, I'm gonna wear my new shoes. How many of us know that wasn't wisdom? I did not have the, the spiritual gift of wisdom in that moment, amen? Uh, so here I go building this fence and where does the fence go? Down into like a marsh, like a creek. And when we're up on top of the hill, I'm like, okay, I can, I can build it here, but can I just stay here? And they're like, no, we're gonna go down there and build the fence. And how many of us aren't protecting what we value? If Jesus paid it all for you to set you free and make you clean, then why are you going back to the slop of sin and filth that he set you free from? Why do we get in this crazy cycle with sin repeating again and again? And here's the deal, we put a cap on ourselves for where God wants to take us because all we're doing is living this cycle over and over again. I'll never forget what my brother said to me when I came back home, my shoes were totally destroyed. Couldn't, couldn't fix them, right? He said, protect what you value. Protect what you value. So do you value the blood of Jesus? Do you value what he's done for you and who he has set you free to be? Do you value yourself the way Jesus values you? Jesus values you so much that he died for you. So why do we go and muddy up what God made clean? Don't take God's grace for granted. Romans 6, 1 through 2. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? That sounds like abuse. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? I remember uh, whenever I was a painter and I would restore homes back uh, before I, I woke up and was like, I need to go to college. Um, man, I, I, it, was, it was hard work. Anybody in construction? Come on. Construction workers, we honor you. Let's hear it for our construction workers out there. Woo, it is not easy. I realized I wasn't tough enough of a man to be in construction. Um, so we, I just respect you. Uh, so, man, every time we'd finish a job, we have to pull up all the mats. There's dust and filth everywhere, right? From doing the drywall, sand and dust everywhere. And I remember we'd have to get down, and if we didn't have a mop and bucket, we'd have to just get down on our hands and knees with some sponges and just start wiping it up. And I remember my coworker, he'd be cleaning, cleaning the floor, and then he'd just go right over it. Clean the floor, and he'd go right over it. He'd clean the whole room. Like one time, he cleaned the whole room and then stood up, and we're like, bro, the whole room's filthy because you keep going over everything you've cleaned up. And that's what we look like as Christians whenever we keep going back to the sin that Christ set us free from. But here's the thing. What we need to do is live a life of surrender, saying not my will be done, not where I want to go, Lord, but as you clean through my life, Lord, I surrender and I go back. And I just move away from all the things. 
See, we live in an upside down kingdom when we're called to the kingdom of God. It may look funny to the world that you are living a life of surrender while the world is chasing after the things of this world. But here, God has called you today. He is saying to you today, don't look like the rest of the world. Stop trying to look like the rest of the world. Stop putting so much value into all the things that so easily trip us up and ensnare us into sin. But instead, live a life of surrender saying, not my will, God, but your will. Lord, today, take this day. It is yours. Clean it, God. Clean me. Take this day. Clean it, Lord. Take this day, and I live in surrender every day. I'm just taking it one day at a time with you, Lord. And before you know it, you can stand up and look at all that God has done. That's what God wants to do in your life. So quit trying to take the reins. And just like that song, Jesus, take the wheel. Come on, somebody. See, we look like what it says in Proverbs 26, 11 says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. We got to stop being fools. Amen. See, a lot of us apologize enough to be forgiven, but do we surrender enough to be transformed? God wants to transform you. He wants to do something amazing in you and through you. So are you stuck in the crazy cycle with sin? Stop running back to your pride. Stop running back to your fear. Stop running back to your lust. Stop running back to your greed. Stop running back to your control. Stop running back to your short fuse. Stop running back to your sins and your addictions because you were freed to live in freedom. Amen? Galatians 5, 1 and 11 through 16. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Everybody say, stay free. And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's it. That's Jesus right there. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor whoo, as yourself. Do you? Do I? But if you are always biting and devouring one another, then watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit, come on, everybody say, the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You were released from bondage, so stop putting yourself back in chains. And it's not just about you. We're called to set other people free from their chains. That release is a releasing into your purpose, identity, calling. Released into your calling. So what is my calling? Everyone asks this, what's my calling? Lord, who am I supposed to be? I remember really struggling with this in my 20s. It's like, Lord, who am I supposed to be? And I had my identity so tied up in, in, in maybe a, a position or a title. And I got to tell you, we're not called to some title other than son or daughter of the most high God. You were called 
to be his. You were called into relationship with God. So what are we called to do? We're called to be his, amen? I feel like a lot of us fall in that trap too of our identity is so hung up in what we do as a position. But let me tell you, there's nothing sweeter than just being. There's nothing sweeter than just being held by God and knowing that you're his. Nothing greater than that. No greater identity can you have than to be God's beloved. So what do we do? What now? Everybody say, what now? Because once you experience the love of God, it calls you to action. Hallelujah. It calls you to do something. You can't just experience God's love and his power and what he's done in you and not want to go help others. If so, then you are selfish. And I don't know if you've really met Jesus because he's not all about being selfish. He's about others. Hallelujah. He is about others. He is about others. We're called to obedience. Jesus says, if you love me, then obey my commands. If you love me, then obey my commands. If you love me, then obey my commands. Do as I have done. Live like I have lived. And here's three ways, three things the Lord brought to me. Well, first I just want to say, did you know obedience is actually the love language of God? And I know that it's not always easy to obey, but if you really love the Lord, you want to right? Even in the hardest thing, even in the toughest cross to bear, you want to do it because he has done so much for you. Amen. So here's three ways that we can do that. It's one, the ministry of reconciliation, bringing people back to God. We are called to reach other people. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because I would definitely be going to hell. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Everybody say through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Does your life look like a megaphone that says, come back to God? In your family, in your community, in your surroundings, does your life scream, come back to God? When other people think of you, do they think this is someone who loves the Lord and their life screams, come back to God? This is, I believe, If not the, it is on up there with with the top things we should be doing as Christians. Evangelism, reaching people. That's why I love that our first first word in our mission statement is to reach, right? So we've been released to what? Reach. You see how it just goes back to the top? Reach, rescue, restore, release. Reach, rescue, restore, release, and it keeps going. Come on, how many of us are the product of somebody else's obedience in the Lord? 
Amen. I see a lot of hands raised. A lot of us, it's because someone else in this room was sacrificial enough to say, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And the Lord gave us a burden in our heart to pray, to seek, to fast, to go after that person in love, to reconcile, that God would do the reconciliation and bring them back to God. Amen. Number two, serving one another in sacrificial love. This is Jesus. Matthew 20, 25 through 28. But Jesus called them, his disciples together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Ooh, that's a strong word. Here's a stronger one. Here comes Jesus. And whoever wants to be first, everybody wants to be first, don't they? And whoever wants to be first, you said, yeah, must become your slave. Man, Jesus has called us into such a life that we lay our whole lives down to say, I'm all about doing whatever I can for other people to see them lifted up. Now in this world, when people get authority, they want to condescend and rule over one another, right? And, and make you feel like they're the authority. But true authority, godly authority, lifts others up. It uses what God has given them to build up others around them, which is making disciples. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to what? Give his life as a ransom for many. And the third thing is making disciples, the great commission. Come on, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and what? Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey, there's that word, all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, here's the comfort. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But in order to do this, we have to be equipped for the calling. Everybody say equipped for the calling. Because we can't go and do all this out of our own strength. I don't know if any of us have ever tried to be a good Christian without the Holy Spirit, but how many of us know that doesn't work too well? Because we end up just falling back into the law, right? Just trying to check the list and check it twice like a bunch of Santa Clauses. God didn't call you to be Santa Claus. Quit checking the list. Quit looking at the list of all the, look, if you just follow the spirit, if you follow his ways, you will naturally do what the spirit does. And you won't have to constantly worry about, am I falling short here? Am I falling short there? That's actually listening to the voice of fear, not listening to the voice of faith. He wants to equip you. And the first thing we need to be equipped with is the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. Everybody just say, we need the Holy Spirit. We need him. And if you want even more in-depth study and biblical understanding and equipping, please go to Pastor, uh, Pastor Joe. I don't want to brain fart on Pastor Joe's name. Pastor Joe's uh, class he has coming up, the equipping of the Holy Spirit. Please go to it. Please. I've been to it a few times. It's so good. So good. So, 
we need the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power. Everybody say power. Power. You need power in your life? Anybody? You don't want to go and share your faith just all week, do you? You will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, through Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here's the deal. Pressure's off. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to have all the answers. Okay? In fact, God wants to show you the answers when you just spend time getting to know them. And he's going to reveal those answers to you as you go and share your love and faith in Jesus with other people. But he's going to do that first by just you spending time with him. So my question is, how much are you spending time with him? How much are you getting close to the Lord? Because he wants to get close to you. And in those moments when you go and share, like Jesus says, he'll give you the words to say. Luke 12, 11 through 12. And when you were brought to trial, this is serious. Like he's saying, even when you're brought to trial for your life on the line, I will be with you. Even when it's looking as scary as it possibly could, he's going to the most like darkest situation. He's like, even then, come on, even then God is with us. Even then he will equip us. He will give us the words to say, amen. When you're brought before the synagogues, before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. So good. God himself will be your strength. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, come on, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. God is good enough through you. I was reminded of that. It's so funny that as the Lord was preparing me to share his word this morning, and I got the flu all week, the Lord just reminded me that he is good enough through me, no matter what the physical condition I'm in. And I felt as as on Monday or Tuesday, when it was like so thick, you might just, yeah, the flu and it's so thick on you. And you're like, I can barely even think straight. I knew that even if I were to preach in that moment, God would give me the words to say. So don't worry. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have a doctorate in ministry. Pressure off. You've got the Holy Spirit. He's better than a doctorate in ministry. Come on. He's got the words to say. So be strong and courageous. Don't give in to fear. Be strong and courageous. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He's already gone to those people that you want to reach, that you're scared to share your faith with. He's already gone to that. He's gone ahead of you. Amen? He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And remember, as you go, you're not in a debate. In fact, I tell my teenagers this all the time, like, please don't go starting debates with atheists and like trying to just stir the pot. Like, do not do that. It's not going to lead anywhere, right? When you go, you're trying to reach them in love. And what's the best way to reach people in love? You build relationship, you build rapport and connection with them, right? So start there. A lot of you already have a lot of rapport, relationship, and connection with people. 
And God is saying, now it's time to go to the next step. Now it's time to get into the spiritual warfare for them and to fight the fight of faith and realize that there are demonic principalities and forces that are waging war against them in the unseen realms. And we need to go to war for them, praying for them. And God will give you the words to say in the moment. And as you build relationship with them, God will begin to open the doors of opportunity for whenever you can share your faith. Second Corinthians 10, three through five says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. But how do we do that? We don't do that through forceful debating, trying to find a time to go and, and argue with an atheist. What we do, we do it in love, right? Capture the thoughts in love and bring it back to godliness. And that's done through the fruit of the Holy Spirit of gentleness. Amen? What if someone were to come to you and try to, I don't know, sell you a, a vacuum? Sorry for anybody who works for Kirby. I don't know. Um, what if somebody like, comes to your door and they're like, hey, I'm trying to sell you this vacuum. How, how open to it are you, right? How many other uh, denominations of the church, I guess you could say, uh, come to your door, knock, knock, knock. Hey, I would like to tell you about Jesus Christ and the church of Latter-day Saints, right? And you're like, uh, I, can I get to know you first? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you getting to know those that you've been called to reach? I think that works a lot more effectively than just knock, knock, knock. Hey, I'd like to sell you Jesus. Amen. Okay. With me. God's called some people in your life. So how are you reaching them? Because here's the thing. The church is not an audience to be entertained on Sunday. It's an army to be trained and empowered to reach people on Monday. You're released not to just come back next Sunday and hear a good word that you think was theologically good and you agree with that and I'll come back again next Sunday to get my ears tickled. You were called to be an army that goes out to reach other people, that they could be rescued and released into their calling to reach other people. Amen? So we got to get equipped for the battle. Everybody say, get equipped for the battle. Put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, which is your identity that has been covered with the righteousness of Christ, his identity. Amen? The belt of truth, the sandals of peace, the shield of faith, which is trusting in God to go before you and protect you. And the sword of the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit himself who goes on the offensive. Imagine going into a battle without a weapon. That's how Christians look without the Holy Spirit. Why do we think we can do what God's called us to do without him? It's kind of silly, right? If you don't realize that you're in a spiritual war with the devil every single day, then you're already losing. And I love that Paul used the description of a Roman legion because Roman legions were half soldier and half construction worker. Have y'all seen the meme lately going around that 
where the wife asked the husband, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And he's like, I don't know, maybe like once a week. And they're like, what? I think about the Roman Empire like maybe five times a day. Anybody else with me? One. I love history. So anyway, have y'all seen that meme? Five people? Cool. Y'all are my people then. All right. They're my youth group. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Let's go. All right. Uh, but I love that Paul used this description because we are called to be the legions of God. Okay. Everywhere that Rome went, they didn't just go to fight a battle. They went to win the war. They went to fully conquer that land. Everywhere they went, they built these phenomenal, like, six-layer stone roads with different types of stones all through it. And, it, I mean, these roads are still there today. Like, they, they built something that would last. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere they went, they built roads into the battlefield where they were going. Why? Because they knew that their kingdom would supply them. Did you hear me? Your kingdom will supply you. So when you go into the fight, be building the road of God to the battle. Don't just go about, I'm going I'm to maybe have one little, one little talk with these people. Okay, now I'm going to go back into my fortress and maybe throw some javelins. And stay where it's safe. Stay in my Christian bubble. Live your life in such a way with confidence, knowing that God supplies you every square inch that your foot touches. We are called to be more than conquerors through him who loves us. So everywhere we step, we are building the road of the kingdom of God into that territory to conquer the land. And we do this by not only fighting the good fight of faith spiritually, but also building the church, building the kingdom as we go. Amen? See, we've been called to wield a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. And this reminds me of Nehemiah rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah 4.17, those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. As you build, you gotta know you're gonna get attacked. So don't put down your sword. Why have we put down our sword? I think it's because we've gotten so comfortable. We've gotten comfortable in our life. When we were younger and we first came to the Lord and we were in the fight, but then we got comfortable. We started just kind of building our own life. And we put down the sword and we stopped fighting. We started listening to the voice of apathy, complacency, comfort. Many of us have actually made comfort our God. All of our pursuits, everything we do, it's to be more comfortable, to be more cush, more set up. God's called you not for a comfortable life, but for a conquering life. Here's the thing, all those comforts, all those things you're trying to build up in your life, it's all gonna be gone one day. It's not gonna mean anything. What's most important is if you're bringing other people to heaven with you. 
You can't live your life on autopilot. And I love the fact that Jesus was a carpenter. In fact, that word carpenter in Greek actually meant builder. Jesus didn't make chairs, I think. I think Jesus built cities. I think Jesus was part of building his community. In fact, the word is tekton, which means builder, to create, to produce. And there's one thing we got to know about the kingdom of God as you go to expand the kingdom. It's not you who are going to do the building. It's God doing the building through you. It's the Holy Spirit at work in and through you. And it's his fruit that's going to get the work done. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So pressure's off. He's the one who creates. He's the one who produces. He's the one who does the good work through you. Amen. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. I'm glad to boast that I feel so exhausted and tired, but the Lord is my strength. I could just take a nap right now, right? Anybody just get off of the flu and you're like, I just want to sleep for a few days. Anybody? I think some of us just kind of feel that way in life in general. You're just so tired. But listen, boast in that weakness. Say, Lord, I know I'm weak, but where I'm weak, Lord, you are strong. You are strong. Boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For where I am weak, then I am strong. See, not only will God build his kingdom through you, he will equip you with the right tools for the job. Um, recently, a couple weeks ago, uh, my brother-in-law, Stephen, was uh, putting in some can lights for Ethan in his, in his house, uh, which, by the way, phenomenal barber. If you need to get a haircut, he'll make you look clean. Um, and, he, and so Stephen was installing some can lights, and he didn't have the right tool for the job. All he had was a sheetrock saw, and he's like, I'm not going to sit here and cut holes with a sheetrock saw. I've got like six or seven of these things to do. And he knew I had a reciprocating saw. He called me up. He was like, hey, bro, do you have that reciprocating saw that I could borrow? I was like, bet, I got you. I'm gonna come bring it over. How many of us just feel so spiritually ill-equipped, but we're not calling on the Lord to get equipped for what he's called us to do? Spiritually speaking, are you properly equipped? What's in your tool belt? What's in your tool belt? See, God wants to equip you with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Gifts of knowledge, wisdom, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And all of these gifts are for building up the body of Christ. It's not for you and your ego. It's not so you can look spiritual on Wednesday night when we get together for not a prayer. I'm just gonna speak to whatever spirit's trying to twist people into trying to get attention. It's about serving one another in love. What we can do to build and help one another, see people healed and set free, 
built up to their calling, what God's releasing them to do. All of these are for building up others. And he's wanting to do a work through you. Jesus is wanting to do a work through you. Come on, Jesus is wanting to do a work through you. I'm reminded of how Jesus was preaching to the 5,000, really like 20,000, because in those days, when you counted heads, you counted the the head of the home. So there could have been like 20,000 people there. But here comes the disciples saying, Lord, they're hungry, like they're hangry. They've been out here for over a day. Like people are, they're starting to get, like they're gonna leave. Like, so we need to feed them. And here they are trying to come out of their own resources, out of their own strength. And oh, how much money do we have? And how can we go to the store and buy enough food and go to the market and get everything we need to pay them? How many of us look like that sometimes? Trying to answer things for Jesus. But then there's this boy this humble servant who said, here I am, who brought forth five loaves and two fishes. And here he is and he's saying, I don't, I don't know what this is gonna do, but here it is. And I know if I give it to Jesus, come on, if I give it to Jesus, he will do way more with it than what I could do with it. Some of us are like this little boy, all we've got or five loaves and two fish. And and we don't know what we're gonna do with it. We don't think it's much, we don't think it's a lot, but God is wanting to multiply it. God is wanting to take your faith and your obedience to do something great for other people. I believe there's some five loaves and two fish people here today. God is wanting to increase your faith, increase your obedience and do a work in the kingdom because of your obedience. So here they are the disciples and Jesus says, take what the boys offered. And did, did, did Jesus have everybody just all sit down and then there, there was the food on their lap? No, he handed the food to his disciples and they went and did the work. God is wanting to do a work through you and he will take our little and turn it into a lot. He will take your little and turn it into a lot. Listen, God doesn't release us to save the world. He releases us to simply tell others about the one who already did. So go, be released to tell others about Jesus because Jesus first saved you. You've been released into generosity because God's been generous to you. You're being released into love because God first loved you. You're being released into compassion because God's shown his compassion to you. You're being released into making a difference in other people's lives because he's made a difference in yours. And you're being released into so much more because God has so much more for you, amen? So as you go, remember, The only thing we can bring with us to heaven is other people. The only thing we can bring with us to heaven is other people. So invest in people because they are what truly matter. Amen. 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 So 
Where do we begin? Where do we begin? Where do you begin? Just give you a tip. Your ministry is found where you've been broken. And your testimony is found where you've been restored. So go help others in this way. Amen. Come on, let's stand. Let's worship. We're going to have our altar ministry team come down. If you need prayer, if you want to be equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit, who will do his work in and through you, I encourage you to come down. Come on right now, just lift your hands. We're going to pray. Lift your hands in a posture of receiving from the Lord. Come on, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. God, we thank you that you are full of goodness and grace. God, we will sing of your goodness. We will sing of your faithfulness. And we praise you and we love you. Well, thanks for joining us. Have an amazing day. Being a witness and reaching out to the world around you. If you want to find out more about Crosspoint Church, there's information in the show notes below. Make sure to give us a good rating and share with your friends. Have a super day.